You are listening to a sermon brought to you by Shatter State Chi Alpha. I pray that this sermon will bless you and teach you something new today. And you can find a link to our website in the info. Check it out and shoot us a message. We would love to hear from you. Returning to Shadron this semester, she's taking a semester off um, for personal problems—not personal problems, personal reasons—and um, so she, since she's not going to be here tonight, she sent in her testimony, and Courtney's going to read yeah, it for she us. She wanted to make sure to let you all know um, just how much salt and how much Chi Alpha has has affected her, and just just kind of the walk that she's been going through. So she says. Hello everyone, it's Ashton Feinrich. I want to start off saying that Chi Alpha has changed my life. Recently, life has hit me really hard with some decisions that I have had to make. As you know, the reason I'm not on campus anymore is because I'm taking online classes and staying home this semester because of a very serious family issue going on at home. However, the Lord knew that I was meant to go to the the conference and still be a part of Chi Alpha. There's a huge list of things I learned over the weekend, but I will only share a few. I have always struggled with self-worth, but for the first time in my life, I feel truly worthy. I felt God's presence when I went up to the altar and the Holy Spirit reached out to me and said, Ashton, you're worth so much more than you think. I also heard words of future, that I do have a future, and that's what I need to look forward to instead of living in the past and holding on to pain from the past. I learned that no matter what happens, God is by my side working in ways that I cannot see. That's the magical part of Jesus, is he does know what you're facing. On days feeling depressed, I'm going to start looking to better things to be thankful for. I also learned that not everyone is meant to stay in your life. Sometimes you have to let go of others to feel better inside and trust that God will put the right people in your way. But I also learned to not feel alone and to reach out to others. Most importantly, I finally feel loved, and I'm starting to understand why I've gone through so much in my life because God has a plan. As I left the conference, one of my main goals is to start being more positive about things in life, to, look, to overlook the negativity and find something positive in every situation. Also to not follow the walk with Jesus, or also to follow the walk with Jesus, not just by going to Chi Alpha in church, but by showing others your love for Jesus and being open with others and understanding with others as your faith shows through. Overall, I know I'm worthy and loved, and that's what I needed to hear. Also, for anyone wondering, I will be back in the fall, and we'll try to make it to Chi Alpha other nights. So that's that's her message. So thank you, Ashton, for sharing. If you're if you're listening into this tonight, thank you. It looks like Tanner stepped out of the room. So um, those of you who were at Salt, does someone want to come up and share? Be the first brave volunteer. Phil's already jumping out of his seat. Come on up. Let's give it up for Phil, guys. So, yeah, um, Salt was awesome. If you didn't get to go, I highly, highly, highly recommend you go next year. Um, It's absolutely life-changing. I guess for me it started before uh, Salt, like a couple weeks, like the last couple weeks before Salt. Um, God was just really putting some things on my heart and in my life, and um, just in some different ways. Uh, I went to men's group for the first time. Uh, Jordan's men's group is running, and God brought a couple of things into my heart there, and I just started thinking about some things, mulling them over a little bit, and then God really, um, really clarified some stuff at Salt. 
Um, one of the things that God really, just really put on my heart, heart heavy was that, um, like, just, just the, the desire, we need to have such a desire to be with him all the time, and instead of just um, invite him in, you know, like, a couple times during the day, like, your daily devotions, and, like, if you feel like you need to pray for something, like, having him there with you all the time and just really, truly walking with him and inviting him into situations where you don't want to be, um, particularly, like, like sinful ones, like when you're, when you're screwing up, you're struggling, stuff like that. And so um, I guess just uh, one of the big things for me was that it's okay to, to make mistakes. We all do. But you need to be stepping out on faith and and really pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and trying to really do big things for the kingdom because that's what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. Um, one thing that uh, God kind of brought up to me towards the end of Salt was uh, he kind of reminded me of, like, my grandma. And she was, like, my best friend up through, like, probably age seven or eight. I spent probably half of my first five years in her house. And so, like, I was around her a lot, and she was the most godly person I've ever met in my entire life. And uh, one thing that that I just really sticks out in my mind about her was, like, she she was just constantly praising God and talking to him. And um, I remember my dad talking about how, like, she spent so much time of her life in prayer. And uh, God just kind of reminded me, like, uh, that's her legacy, and that's you. And so, like, it just really hit me that I need to be, you know, constantly praying like that. And 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 then, like, on top of being her legacy, it struck me that I'm also God's legacy. Like, I am his child, and and I am his representative. You know, we're Christ's ambassadors. Like, that's that's a huge thing. And so that's kind of a lot of pressure, but at the same time, we know that he's there to walk with us in that and uh, and guide us in the instruction in that. And uh, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that happened, so I'm not going to share it all, but w- the one last thing that kind of struck me was, um, like, I've kind of always struggled with, like, the, the, like, classical praise and worship style of thing, you know, like the singing and stuff like that. And um, really just, that's, like, my vulnerable spot because, like, I don't consider myself a good singer or, like, anything like that, and so, like, um, just letting go of that, and really realizing that I'm there to praise him, and it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks about me, or even what I think about me, it matters what he thinks about me, and my voice praising him is an absolutely beautiful thing, and that just means the world to me, and it really hit home this weekend, so, I don't know, it was just super cool, um, by all means, please, Please go next year if you can make it at any cost. It's so worth it. So I guess that's pretty much all I had. But Okay, like has already been said, this conference was absolutely amazing. Like, you can't even hardly describe what happened. At least I can't. But it was completely life-changing and incredible, and I'm already super excited for next year.
Um, a lot happened for me while I was there, and I'm going to try and just keep it to two main things. One is more Chi Alpha in general, and the conference really just concreted it for me. And that was the fact that there really are people out there that I can go to if I need. From a very young age, I have believed that God blessed me with being a strong person. And that means I need to be there for everyone else, and I can handle my own stuff on my own. And in the last semester, it has just about completely broke me. And so when I first came to Chi Alpha a couple weeks before we let out for Christmas and just the way that everyone was so welcoming and wanted to know about that stuff, they didn't even hardly know me at all, but they wanted to know what was going on and were praying for me. And then going to the conference and yet again, I didn't really know most of the people that were going to the conference with me, but by the end of the car ride there, I felt like I had known all of them my entire life. And that meant a lot to me, and it still does. The other thing that really, really hit home for me was the fact that I've messed up in life quite a few times. And even though I've been told my entire life that you can ask for forgiveness and God will forgive you and he still loves you. I was one of those people that always said, yeah, most people, that's the way it is. But I've messed up too much and too many times and he doesn't care about me anymore. And after some stuff that happened during the conference, I can honestly say that he does still love me and that I'm not too far out for God. And that, when it really hit, I started crying like a baby. And I can easily say that since I have joined Chi Alpha until now, I have cried more than I have in the whole 20 years that I've been alive. But it's been amazing. <laughs> so I would definitely recommend going. It's absolutely awesome. It's very emotional. I dare you not to cry because I don't think you can. But it is... It's just wonderful and amazing, and I can't wait for next year. Who's next? <laughs> um, salt was super. <laughs> I don't think there's uh, any word that will probably describe it. And I'm so glad I got to go with some amazing people. And um, I'm grateful for God for the opportunity. Um, I learned a whole lot going to SALT. Uh, one thing I know I needed was to strengthen my, my faith. And that was like the last service for the conference. And it was like, Jason was talking right to me. So I was like, oh, thank Jesus, you know. So <laughs> I'm really grateful for that opportunity. And then um, when Tanner said we had to share, I was like, okay, I learned a bunch of stuff. So what am I going to say? And then I was doing my <laughs> devotion. 
And for some very funny reason, the topic was Christ's ambassadors. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly that. And the memory verse was Kaya uh, for a verse, 2 Corinthians 5.20. So I was like, okay, thank you, Jesus. That's like enough confirmation I need. So I just really wanted to share just a little bit about being Christ's ambassadors, if that's okay. And um, I just want us to listen. You don't have to uh, relate directly or you don't have to understand so much right now. But just find something, pick one thing, you know, you, you, you learn from the very many things I'm going to say. But I'll try to be fast. Um, going to Salt, uh, one thing I know the preacher said that really got home is we were saved. None of us here was born saved. We were all born sinners. And Christ came and died for each and every one of us. He saved us. He didn't save us for ourselves. He saved us so we can reach out to others. He saved us so we can save others. That's why we have the Kayafa thing that says make, make, making disciples that make disciples. Exactly. So we're saved so we can also save others. There are so many students here on campus that some of them don't even want to hear the word God. Some of them really know about God, but... They came to college and dropped their faith because of, you know, influence, friends, peer pressure, situation, just anything that college has to offer. They dropped their faith. Th these are the people God saved us to be able to save. I keep saying it. I came to Chi Alpha, and I know it wasn't a mistake. I've been in Chi Alpha for the longest since I got into Children's State College. And it has been one thing that has grown my faith. And I know that I'm not growing for myself. I'm growing so I can help others grow. I'm growing so that others can, you know, listen to my testimony and grow too. So from uh, the devotion I had, as Christ ambassadors, one major responsibility we have is to be the mouthpiece of God. As we persuade other people to come over to his side, which is basically making disciples, he has put a mandate on each and every one of us to go out there and bring people into his kingdom. Salvation is not just for ourselves. It's for everyone. There's still so many people that don't know God. Even as much as there are those people that know, but then try to avoid him. But there are so many that don't know him. So we have a mandate on ourselves, on our lives right now, to go out and bring disciples. We're supposed to flood this place. The chairs, are, there's no one supposed to be empty because there are a million and one there out there that don't even know God, you know. As Christ ambassadors, we are not just God's servants or errand boys, no, we're not. We actually have a relationship with God, which was one of the reasons Christ died. We had fallen and our relationship with God was breached after Adam and Eve sinned. But then Christ died on the cross to, you know, repair that relationship, to rebuild that relationship. So that's one duty we have as, or roles rather, we have as Christ ambassadors. We have a personal relationship with God. We're able to go to him anytime, any day, talk to him about difficulties, you know, discuss with him as our father because, yeah, he's our father. So it's like father-son relationship. That's how it is. 
And then there are also benefits of being Christ's ambassadors. Number one, speedy answers to prayers. If we want to look into the uh, scene at Mount, I don't remember the Mount Shiner or Cameron, I don't remember, the one where Elijah uh, called down fire. God answered him because he had a relationship with God and he was so sure that God was going to, you know, bring down fire. It also relates to having faith because he requested for something that big from God because he knew God was going to do something. He would not lie. God doesn't lie. He proved himself. He wanted to show himself as God. So he stretched out his faith that much and requested for fire to fall from heaven. And of course it did. So from what Jason taught us, he said, the more you ask, like the bigger you ask, you're extending your faith level. And it can only get bigger. Because you know, if you've asked for something that big, the next time you're going to ask, you're going to ask for something bigger than what you asked that was big. And you keep going and then your faith keeps growing. Because you're sure your father in heaven is definitely going to answer you. So that's one of the benefits of being Christ's ambassadors. So it's really not a mistake or an error or something you are by chance. It's, it's ordained by God. Another thing is that we get to live with him eternally in heaven. That's like the final goal. We're all right now pressing towards uh, heaven. We're, we're running the race, running the race for heaven. And as we run the race, we're not running it just by ourselves. Yes, the race is for us, but on our way, we're supposed to drag people along with us to join us in that race. So when we all get to heaven, we'll have a reason oh, to glorify God. In my church back home, we have a poster that's up on the wall in church, and it says, every soul win one. It starts from one. You definitely cannot just win one soul. But then it starts from one. You start from one, you win a soul. That soul wins a soul. That other soul wins another soul. And then it keeps going like that. It's a long chain. It's a cycle, basically. And then we all gather in heaven, singing hallelujah to our God. And then most times, I used to always say, God, I might be shy. So I really want my life to be an example I want my life to be a reason people will turn to you. So I, I really want us to start praying in that direction. Lord, let me live my life in a way that people will turn their ways and want to be like me because they see God in me, not because I am me. So we can daily move on campus and everyone that sees us knows, oh, there's something special about this person. There's something unique about this person. They might not understand that it's the power and glory of God, but they will know that there's something just un very unique about this person, and they will want to know. It starts from just being lovable, just loving everyone and everything around you. And then people are like, why don't you hate this person, or why don't you dislike this person, even you know, after how much they've done stuff to you, and then you'll be like, because I wasn't born to hate, you know? Christ knew barely none of us when he died on the cross for us. So who are we to dislike or hate people? No matter how bad or how ugly things might seem, just show love. That love is something very strong. And when people around us see, they want to know, okay, so I need to have that kind of heart. I need to, you know, have the kind of soul this person has, such a kind heart, such a kind soul. And they want to know where you get that from. And you know it's definitely not you. It's your God. That way you've evangelized. 
without even knowing, just by your daily living. So I want to encourage each and every one of us. We've come back from salt. Our salvation doesn't start, it doesn't, it doesn't end with us. It's actually just starting. Because now we have like a mandate to go out and make more disciples. We need to go back to being in the ballroom and not just being here. Encouraging each and every one of us to go out, reach out to people, talk to people, show love. Start from showing love to everyone and everything around you. It starts from there. Because Christ loved us even while we were yet sinners. And that was why he was able to die on the cross for us. And now we're saved. We're not so special. It's just his love that surrounds each and every one of us. I think that's all. Thank you. It's kind of funny because um, the whole going out thing and being that person, I've always had fear. Always. I mean, I'm not going to lie, I still kind of did. But working on it. And I'm not just going to say working on it every single day. I'm going to make steps. I'm going to make goals because that's what we need. That's what we need to achieve for because what I'm – I'm tired of just being lazy. I'm tired of just being here. And so that's another thing that I kind of learned was like, there's not really a big thing to just, like, there's not a big answer to, oh, how to stop being lazy. No, you just, you got to do it. That's the thing. (laughs) Because that's what I always was looking for. I'm like, man, like, Tell me, how to not be lazy? I've been lazy, and I just, I, I don't know how to not be. I'm, I'm not lazy, but I am lazy. I have all this other stuff that I'm doing. But then it's just like, I was just, I was just like searching there. I was like, man, how do I just not be lazy with this? And I'm just like, throughout, I was going, I'm like, you're not answering my answers. Like, you're not, like, not answering my answers. You're not answering my questions. Like, even though I wasn't even asking questions, the other people weren't ans- asking my questions. <laughs> Because there's the fear of speaking out and fear of, like, all this other stuff. And that's just, that's going to go away, too. But, um, but yeah, there's there's not really, like, the answer is just do it. So, that's, that's that. Okay, I'm going to try not to get emotional. I just already started. Um... <laughs> I was going into salt thinking, like, you know, this is going to be good. But I didn't know how powerful I was going to get hit. Um, I had a very, very powerful interaction with God at salt. Um, Over Christmas break, um, I was going through a lot, and God put something on my heart that was I don't know whether I just tried to push it back, or, but it was not clear to me. Um, at Salt, during the first 24 hours that we were there, I started feeling it, and it was just, it just kept coming. 
And God just said, Donna, like, you need to go overseas this summer. And it scared me. I was like, but it's, like, I went and talked to Courtney about it, like, second night. And um, she was like, well, where do you feel like he's needing you to go? Like, all this. And I was like, I'm, like, I was like, I don't know whether, like, I don't know. I just haven't had this much of, like, a for sure, like, concrete, like, conversation with God before, and I was like, I think he's wanting me to go somewhere in Europe, and um, she was like, well, we're meeting with tomorrow, so you can come with us and talk to her about it, and um, it just so happens that the region that they are in is Eurasia, which is between Europe and Asia, Um, so then I was just getting confirmation, like, that this is, like, the next step, like, you need to, like, look more into this, Um, I went back to the conference with her, and she was like, I'm going to give you dates, I'm going to give you brochures, like, this is the one that you're going to. Um, I help with a Bible camp in July, so that wasn't really going to work for me, and um, she pointed at the one, and she was like, this is the time frame that this one is going to be, and it was the exact time that it was going to work for me to go. And that was another confirmation saying, like, this is what you need to do. Um, With all of this coming at me at Seoul, um, I was really scared. And I had that fear, like, you know, like, what happens if I, like, do this? And then I'm, like, I was, when I was talking to Courtney about it, I said, like, um, I think I'm supposed to go, like, in a group. Like, I think I was just trying to, like, talk myself, like, into it. But um, the last session, um, the speaker, he, it was almost as if God, like, talked through him to me. And at that point in time, I knew I was supposed to go by myself. And that there was a reason, and that I just needed to take that leap and to not be scared. And I went up, and I prayed with Courtney, and Jason came and prayed with me, and my fear just, like, all melted away. And now every time I talk about this, like, I get, like, so, like, it's just so powerful. Like, I've never felt anything this strong before. And um, uh, I called my dad today to um, ask him to, for him and my mom to meet me this weekend so I can talk to them. And my dad, he was like, how did this weekend go? And I said, it was good. And um, at first, <laughs> he answered the phone, and I just fell to the ground, and I just started crying. And he was like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. So that's why he asked, like, how the weekend went. And I was like, it's good. And um, I was like, that's actually kind of why I want to talk to you and mom. And he was like, well, with me being your dad, he was like, there was something tugging at my heart saying that over the weekend that you were scared and that you were afraid of something. And he was like, I wanted so bad to call you. And he was like, I was going to call you the next morning, but I prayed about it. And God said, you have, she has people there who are supporting her. She's going to get through this. 
And that was like another confirmation on top of everything. And now I know that God, deep down, he wants me to. And so I am going to further take it step by step until it gets the, until I get there. And so um, for those of you who have not been to Salt yet, um, I encourage you to go. Um, no matter what God tells you, it might not be very powerful at the time, but it's going to hit you, and it's going to hit you hard. <laughs> um, so that's it. <laughs> Bryson, you going to speak? You're the last one. You are the last one. It's you. Um, salt was amazing. I mean, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, I remember uh, not even knowing about salt until me and Tanner, the first night I went to the men's Bible group at the church. We just, afterwards, we took an hour. We just drove around town, and we just, uh, we talked about it. You know, he told me his experience at it, and how just amazing it was. And I was like, I was like, that's something I want to go to. That's something I want to experience. And so that's when I made the deciding fact I was going to go. And as it winded down, getting closer to it, I, uh, I was so excited until about the last week. And then this fear just struck me about it. Because I had all these questions, and I was afraid that I was going to get the answers to all of them that I'd been looking for. And it kind of scared me a little bit because it's like, I've been looking for these answers, but I don't know if I really want to know them or not yet, you know. And I got up there, and every question I had was answered. I don't even know how to explain it. It was, it was that leap of faith, I guess. I finally had faith that it was going to work out and things were going to get answered for me finally. And so I think the most powerful day for me was Saturday all day Saturday, because I woke up, and there was just something different. And we got to the point on Saturday where he was asking people to come up and receive baptism of the Holy Spirit and that power. And it just, for the first time ever in my life, I felt something awaken inside of me. It was like this, like, just pure joy of seeing people wanted to receive that. And I just broke down. I just cried like a little baby. And then later, Jason had us getting groups of three or four and just, you know, pray for each other. So it was me, Philip, Jordan, and Matt. We were on our own group. And I just asked that they would have prayed for me to realize what I, my, the answers to my questions of what I needed to do. And instantly, as they all touched me and started praying, everything just went dead. And I had this vision. It was the first time I ever had a vision. And there was three images. And I was just standing there looking at them. And God said, you get to pick one. Which one is it? And there's a football player, so I picked that one. You know. And he said, you're missing the whole point here. And I was confused, and all the pictures turned around, and all three scenarios were all me, in a way. There was a preacher, a teacher, and a coach. And it just shook me. I... I uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It, it shook me. And then Philip got baptized that night. And Philip, when I was, I mean, I didn't even realize this, but when we were praying, I was praying. 
I was going back between tongues, and I was just praying normally, and then Tanner came up to me and he asked if I had a word for somebody. I just stupidly said no. And I didn't realize, but all day I had this urge to kind of keep pestering Phillips, like, you should really get baptized tonight. And he was like, no, I shouldn't. He's like, I don't need to do that. And then after we had, I got done praying with Philip that night, and he's like, I'm going to get baptized. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And then Sunday was teaching about the faith. And it just it hit me because I finally, what this weekend really was for me was finally just kind of stepping out and having courage and faith in God, really, for the first time. And I finally had that mustard seed of faith, and he moved the mountain for me. That was in my life. That's what he did. Okay, so uh, this could be hard for me to get through to you. Hopefully, I can. I should be all right. But just cry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I probably will. So I just want to say these these guys right here are awesome. Uh, spending a whole uh, three nights or two nights, whatever it was, in a room with these guys, it was spectacular. Even sharing beds and all the squirrels and everything, it was amazing. Not getting any sleep at all. Uh, but the, what's so amazing is what I was uh, pondering over last night as I was praying and reading the Bible and getting ready to go to bed was <clears throat> all this stuff, all the stuff that I've been through uh, over this last year and a half. Some of you guys know it, some don't, and I'm not going to go into details on that, but it's, it's been an, a crazy two-year time period. I can't, there's no other way to put it. It's been awful and great and amazing and horrible all at the same time. And all I can think of is this weekend in the last year and a half, I remember laying in bed at 3 o'clock in the morning when we were laughing so hard, and I haven't laughed that hard in probably three years. And I remember laying there just thanking God so much for this weekend because this weekend was a weekend that I needed, and it set me free in so many different ways. Um, and it was a weekend that just, I can't even explain it. Even as a leader, uh, it blew me away. Uh, one of the things for sure that I know God was speaking to me through it um, so much, obviously a lot of it is being intentional and having a purpose in why we do what we do and in Him. Uh, more than anything else, too, is it's the fact that He is a God of impossible situations. And there are situations in my life that literally look impossible, and no matter how I'm looking at it, my perspective has changed in that, that even if these impossible situations don't happen, it doesn't matter. What matters is that I have a God that is higher than those impossible situations. And uh, one of the things through this also that I feel like I, I got from this is there was this married couple talking uh, during one of our sessions. And I just got this vision kind of of me potentially being that couple. And, and part of it has to do, again, with the young students' lives again. I didn't know what my calling was. I'm still not 100% sure, but I know it has to do with relationships in young people. And I just feel like this weekend reaffirmed some of that and reassured me my purpose in that. Um, and just to see the lives of people um, being a mentor myself and realizing that 
I've been through so much and that I'm broken myself. But through that, I can use those times and those circumstances to mentor younger people going through the same thing. And seeing, seeing so many people's lives affected and seeing how even the students through the three-day time period, just watching how it transformed from day one into the last day uh, was just mind-blowing to me. And it's hearing testimonies and stuff like that, too, that you, uh, you don't even realize how many people are truly broken inside. And they never say a word. They put on a fake facade all the time. And we just go on day after day after day pretending like everything is okay. And I, I don't want to be, I want to make sure I'm the guy asking, seriously, how are you doing today? Are you doing okay? Um, and when, when they come through, I want them to be, know that they can come to me, speak to me, and that I will have a word from the God that loves me and loves them more than anything um, to know that there's purpose and plans for their lives. And so, anyways, it was a phenomenal weekend. And even the circumstances or the simple fact that I was even there, I had to go through hell on earth, to say it nicely, over the last year and a half. But without that, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't have been able to be there this weekend. I wouldn't be here right now. And regardless of how awful it was, I'm so, so, so thankful that I'm here and that I'm able to be a part of these guys' lives and your guys' lives. So, anyways. All right, then, yeah, that I have to concur. These guys are great. been a blast to hang out with. And like I says, never laughed so hard in our lives. It's ridiculous. And I'm sure you guys were just as great, but, you know, we're not in competition here. But if we were, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, Salt was amazing. I'm glad I finally got to go. Being not in Houston, that made it a lot better for me. Um, it was, oh, man, yeah, I've, I've been to conferences and stuff before, so, I mean, but it's been so long, and um, a lot of it was, you know, with teenagers and stuff, and, and you know, you see teenagers go through uh, uh, life-changing moments, and God presses things on their heart, you know, it, there's a lot of emotion that goes with that, I mean, there's a lot of emotion here, but here more than ever, I've actually seen... God moving. I mean, uh, and part of the reason I can say that is because personally, he, he moved in my life. I mean, I'm with Courtney. Uh, I, hi, Gavin. <laughs> I, uh, I have an issue with uh, going out and being bold about my faith. Um, whenever I am, it is totally not of me, which is great. But, you know, I'm, I'm tired of not being able to be open and be bold. Because, like Princess said, it's what we need to do. I mean, there's people out there. I mean, we've had this great experience. We've encountered God, and now we need to make sure that the rest of the world encounters God. Um, so that is one thing that I've gotten from Salt especially, is and, and just that's been really impressed upon my heart is to encounter God. And to do that, I, we went to... I know I went with Jordan to most of the breakout classes, well, to all of them, actually. We went to uh, growing closer to God, um, being more intimate with God, uh, uh, breakout classes along those lines. And that's another thing. We so often let that personal time with God just slip away. Uh, and it starts small, and pretty soon it just dwindles down to nothing. And it's so important that we keep that time. And really when it comes down to it, we just have to be disciplined. We just have to do it. 
um, we uh, we have to build our relationship with God. Because like Princess said, if people see that overflow of God in our lives, and people see that overflow of love, I mean, it's going to draw God near to him, to, to, to himself. Or, sorry, wow. God, draw other people near to God. But the only other way that we can do that is if we have an overflowing, an abundance of God in our hearts and in our lives. And the only way we can do that is if we spend time with God. But here's the greatest thing about it is that God is merciful and God is, I mean, these, well, we all testified. It's like we didn't expect this to happen, you know. And, and probably 90% of the students there didn't expect this encounter with God. And it wasn't necessarily just because of our faithfulness for going there, although God did reward the faithfulness of the people that put the show on and the faithfulness of the people that went. But then God just showed up in his mercy and in his love. And you have to know that that's going to happen every time you sit down uh, with, your, with your Bible, you, you, you kneel down to pray in private. Um, you're in the middle of the day, you know, you, God puts a, a thought in your head. It's like, I need to pray. I need to, to reach out to God right now. And you have to know that God is faithful and, and he's merciful and he's gracious and he will come to you then. And he's always there, but he's going he's gonna to let you know that he's listening. And so that was a real, real major thing that I've learned. Um, I don't know. I just, there's a move of God that's happening, I mean, on the campuses, but just in this country in general. Um, things look impossible. And Marissa, I won't even speak to you on this. It's like things may seem bleak and stuff, and everybody else even has struggles. I mean, we all do. But, I mean, I mean, when you came and stood up and spoke about that, it really impressed on my heart. It's like there's hope. God's there. God sees it. God sees what you're going through. We don't know what his plans and his will is, but, man, he's merciful, he's gracious, and he's moving. He is He's definitely moving. So uh, that's really all I got. I mean, this was great. I hope it's uh in the same place next year, I can go again. <laughs> It'll be great. Thank you, guys. It's been awesome. Actually, I've <clears throat> I promise this is the last thing I'm going to say. But um, Princess talked about it. Matt talked about it. We all kind of alluded to it. But um, I take back what I said earlier the, about the biggest thing God put on my heart. And this is actually where the snot comes in. Tanner always says if there was no snot, it's not real. It's not. But anyway, um, Bryson and Jordan and Matt can probably all attest that it was definitely not. Um, so the one night, <coughs> Jason, I think it was Jason, yeah, it was Jason, talked about how, like, how it would be, it's selfish not to go out in faith and talk to other people about it and give them the same gift that we've been given. And um, I did I did get baptized. That was, I, I've been a Christian my whole life. I grew up in the church. I to the salvation prayer, like, four years old. But I never, you know, felt that that new Christian feeling, you know, and so um, I never really thought it was the right time. I finally did get baptized because God hit me so hard that night, um, but what he really laid on my heart was that that entire time, the entire, like, 17 years that I've been a Christian, um, I've never really gone out and been intentional about showing other people who he is. And it occurred to me, and it struck me, I've been given a gift. I've been given the gift of knowing that the God of the universe loves me and wants to walk with me daily. 
And I haven't given that to anybody else and how selfish that was. And, and so it just really struck me. And I feel like you guys kind of all felt it too. But it hit me so hard. I started seeing the faces of students on this campus and people that I know are not saved or don't know they're saved. Like, and, uh, and I just feel like we all need to have that desire to go out and, and show these kids and these professors and their families and all of them just, I mean, that's our calling, right? Like Princess was saying, like, that's what we are. We're Christ's ambassadors. We got to go out and show people who our God is. And so I just, I felt like I had to share that. Guys, that is our mission. That is what we are here to do. It doesn't matter what you're here for school for. It doesn't matter what job you're going to go into, where you're going to go. Bryce and I were talking about this earlier. It's not about where you are necessarily. By all means, if God tells you to go somewhere, go there. But it's not about where you are. It's what you do while you're there. And what you do while you're there needs to be showing people who Jesus is. That's it. I just felt like I really needed to share that. Did you want to share anything, Courtney? Huh? All right. Um, that was our seventh or eighth salt. It's been a lot. I love salt. It, oh, yeah, I've been to more than you. Um, yeah, I've, that's my eighth salt between being a student, staff, and then being the director. And Every single salt that I've ever been to, God still shows me something new, even through the salt. Even though the, the, each salt is kind of directed towards students, even as a staff member, I still, God still shows me things. And it always usually, now as a, as a director, it revolves around things he's showing students usually. Um, the coolest thing that happened to me at Salt this year was uh, just kind of a of, of, uh, building um, something that God's been building in me quite a bit for years now. Um, one of the gifts that God given, has given me is to speak prophetically. Uh, he's given me a prophetic voice in which I can uh, listen to him about things and, and words of knowledge, too, um, are two big gifts that he has given me. And uh, I don't use them during service as often as I do usually during prayer sessions and um, when we used to run the well, we would uh, have opportunities at the well in which we would specifically pray and, and speak words of knowledge over people and words of prophecy and healing over people. And then at, at church service, um, when we run the prayer, whenever we're on the prayer team, um, Courtney prays and I speak prophetically over people. That's what we do. Courtney has a big gift of prayer over her life, and so she prays. And God's given me a prophetic voice, and so I speak prophetic over people. Um, you guys heard me a, few, a couple weeks before service start, or uh, before winter break started, um, and I was sharing about the Holy Spirit, and we had a few spirit baptisms here and a few spirit baptisms afterwards, um, sharing you guys stories about speaking words of knowledge over people or words of prophecy over people, and how those were within just the first year or two years of me being a student at Chi Alpha, just to kind of show you guys um, what that looks like as a student, how as a student you guys can use your gifts to edify others in this room and outside of this room. And 
with that, God's been building me as someone who speaks prophetically. Um, over the years, uh, the, the things that God's asked me to do have gotten more and more out of my comfort zone. Um, if you guys knew me when I first started coming to Chi Alpha, you would know that I was absolutely 100% terrified of just speaking in front of people, just speaking a sermon, whether it was a small group or whether it was a large group. It didn't matter. I was absolutely terrified of it. And that was the very first thing, one, not, not the very first thing, but one of the very first things that God asked me to do to begin getting me out of my comfort zone. And from that, it's begun to build and build and build. And over the years, it's become uh, bigger and bigger and more out of my comfort zone things. Um, for example, a couple years ago, God asked me to give a word over the entire light group. Uh, light is the staff member's version of salt, basically. So how students go to salt, um, our staff have something called the Light Conference, which is designed to benefit us as staff the same way you guys would benefit as students from SALT, basically. Um, he's asked me to give words over people at those, um, to other pastors, to uh, other people, to over the congregation, um, to give, having asked me to give specific words at church service, at Chi Alpha, over students, um, in public, uh, at the gym. Um, God's given me words to give people even while I'm working out. And all those things, a lot of times they're, they're outside of my comfort zone um, with giving words of, of, of knowledge and words of prophecy or whatever. And uh, this time, um, I actually had a word for somebody, and I got immediate feedback from it. And that doesn't usually happen. But the word was actually for the speaker of the service. Um, Jason was standing off in the corner, and um, those of you guys that were there knew that I was closing each service, and so I had to stand kind of off in the corner also um, so that I could be available to go up after the service was over. And so we were standing there, and this time it was, I, I think God knew I needed a, a clearer um, word in order to give this word, but God just straight up said, you need to go and talk to Jason. And I was like, he, like, he's literally getting ready to walk up and preach. And God, I was like, uh, I'm good, you know. Um, but it was like, this was one of the first times ever that it's, I didn't ask God, hey, God, is there anybody you'd like me to speak to, whatever. This was straight up just back of my head, you need to go do this. And there was a little bit more urgency with it the second time. I was like, you need to go speak to Jason. I was like, all right, what do you want me to tell him? And he's like, just start walking. I was like, all right. So I start walking over there. And, uh. God gave me the word clarity. He's like, or actually the word clear, not clarity, clear. The word clear. And so I was like, all right, so whatever this is, it has to do with clear. And so I walked over, I was like, hey, Jason, do you mind if I pray for you real quick? And he's like, yeah, sure. And so I started praying that he could have a clear mind, that the message he has prepared, that it would be clear in his brain, so that way he could present it in a clear way, and that it could be received in a clear way. And I just kind of kept repeating the word clear. He's like, all right, thanks. Didn't really show any emotion or anything like that. And I walked back and finished worship, and he went up, and he, he spoke. And, dude, it was just, it was one of the best presentations on baptism of the Holy Spirit I've ever heard. It was phenomenal. The way that he presented it and the points that he presented it in was just absolutely top-notch. I haven't heard one that clear in a long time. And afterwards, when we're praying for people, he walks up to me and he said, 
I want to thank you so much for that word you gave me because in my head, I couldn't make sense of the points that I had written down and I couldn't figure out whether or I was having a hard time believing that it would be too confusing and that there was just too much information that I was trying to just shove out and shove out in a way that it wouldn't make any sense. And so I couldn't figure anything out in my brain. I just couldn't, I was just fighting the fact that I didn't think it was going to come off clear enough. And basically saying, I'm, I'm, I was thinking about cutting some things out. I was thinking about what I was going to say, how I was going to say it, because I just couldn't get it to be clear in my brain. And so, and, and he's like, and I specifically worded it that way in my thoughts. In my thoughts, it was not clear. That's the only way I could think of it, basically, is what he was saying. And so, that was the first time God had ever asked me to give a word over a speaker for a service, uh, for a conference. And so that was extremely out, if, outside my comfort zone. That's not something I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to go speak to the conference speaker, you know. Like, that's just not in my comfort zone. And from that, God began telling me things um, about me as a prophetic speaker and that I need to begin stepping out in that voice a lot more because he's already asked me to do the big things and he wants me to step out more with the little things. And so that was just something kind of cool for me that I got to experience um, all right, this thing's bugging me. That I got to experience, and um, and I know Courtney had some awesome experiences too. Just some little things for us. Like I said, we've been to eight salts. It's becoming a lot more routine, and we can kind of start. We're more behind the scenes now. Yeah, please. But yeah, we're. We're kind of getting to more behind the scenes and, and helping others receive more than we are necessarily receiving ourselves. But yet, even with that mindset, even with the mindset like we're, we're there, there to give and not receive, God's still coming through and showing us awesome things. Yeah. I mean, for me, um, just being able to pray for you guys while you were in service, while you were receiving the words and, and everything was just huge for me because like Tanner says, my gifting's in prayer. So really, I, I just kind of stand in the background and, and just pray and, and just hope things have happened. So really hearing all of your testimonies and you guys coming up with just this bright-eyed excitement of just like, oh my gosh, this happened. Like that was just a real confirmation and prayer to me too. But, um, you know, just a, just a few little things. Um, also, <laughs> You know, you, you guys all know my struggle with Crohn's disease. This was actually the first conference in over two years where I did not have a Crohn's slur and had to, um, didn't have to spend time in the hotel room resting and in pain. And so I just want to give praise to God, to God for that because it is, it is so hard trying to keep your mindset on, on you students and, um, you know, and, and just on uh, how we're supposed to be there to support you when I'm, <laughs> when I have to take time and worry about myself. And so I just want to give the God, give God the glory for that too. And then also, um, we, Tanner and I have just been, I guess, been stretching our faith, <laughs> um, in, in the area of, of giving lately, you know, as, as uh, missionaries and stuff, we obviously don't make the most money and stuff. And um, just the background that I come from and um, just giving and generosity just hasn't really come naturally to me. It's really one of the areas that I've been grappling with God the most. And so we got an opportunity um, on, the, on the night when they took up the offering for Feed One, we got the opportunity to give a really scary amount. But 
And so that was something that was outside of my comfort zone too, just relinquishing those funds, knowing everything that we have going on, knowing the medical bills that I have piling up at home, but still knowing that God was calling us too. So we actually started out with kind of a small amount, like, oh, do you want to give this much? Okay. And then Tanner was like, you know, I have this bill in my, in my wallet. I feel like we need to give this. And we're like, okay, we'll give that. And then I, we were sitting there and I'm like, you know, we have more, <laughs> we have more money than that. <laughs> like, I feel God, I feel like God's trying to, to um, tell us to give this much. And so we ended up bumping up our giving, like, four different places before we finally put it in the offering. And that's, that's not to brag or anything, but that's just, like, God was kind of chipping away at my own pride in order to get us into the place where we could relinquish those funds and just give them back to God and just be like, God, this was yours in the first place. We're giving it back to you. And so that was just kind of a huge thing for me, too. And... <laughs> And, you know, I wasn't biting my fingernails as soon as the offering went into the bucket. It, we just put it in past it, and I just felt peace. And so, yeah, just just small things. But like, like I said, it just all turns into great things. Like, I'm getting, like, <laughs> I get, like, a secondhand high from you guys hearing all of your testimonies and stuff. And it's just, it's just so great to, to hear all the awesome things that God's doing in your life. And, you know, even though we're behind the scenes and we were running our butts off and we got to see you guys, like, two minutes within, like, five days, but, um, you know, I, it was just so evident how much God was working through you guys, too. And so just thank you guys for everything. And, and yeah, so. Sounds good. All right. And so that actually goes perfectly into my short, very short, I promise, very short sermon. Now, that, that actually is literally point number one that I was going to make. So, um, yeah, we put out, we we pulled out a certain amount of money, and the very first thing that I, I, I'm sitting there, so what's going on in my head before we're getting ready to give, is uh, I'm like, all right, we're, we're going to just give some money to this offering, which, by the way, I want to just brag on on Great Plains Chi Alpha students for a second, and um, I, I made a slide for it, but I forgot to put it in the slide, but uh, yeah, 405 students in one single night gave over $13,000 towards feed one. That's just, that feeds, yeah. That feeds and gives an education to over 100 kids for an entire year. So there's 100 kids that can literally, you can put your finger on it, and tangible, 100 kids, tangibly, you can put your finger on, and you can say, because of what Chi Alpha did in one single evening, these hundred kids will get to have an education, get to learn about Jesus, and have food for an entire year. That is just awesome. But anyway, so we're sitting there getting ready to, to give the offering, and I pull out a certain amount of money, and God literally just straight up, it was the simplest words. He said, is that sacrificially? And I, I just said, no, clearly this amount of money was not sacrificial. This amount of money, I spend this amount of money on, on disc golf every month, not literally. But I have sp spent, huh? Sometimes. But I have spent more than this on disc golf. So clearly, it's not sacrificial. And so I was just like, no. Clear, like, duh. Clearly, this isn't sacrificial. And I, I didn't. I, I asked God, how much do you want me to give? And he said, sacrificial. 
Well, how much, God? Sacrificially. How much does that take? God said, whatever is a sacrifice for you. And I was like, all right, all right. Here, we're going to give this much. And God was like, I I honestly felt like God was kind of saying, okay, we're getting there. You're moving. And then like Courtney said, we began to just bump it up to a point where it got to a point where it was sacrificial. This was tangible money that we could have spent on medical bills, on on car payment, on whatever. Like, this is a, a significant amount of money for us in this season we're at. And God has said, that's all I'm asking for is for you to give sacrificially. It's not about the dollar amount. If you make $15,000 a day and you're only giving $1,000 a day towards other needs, is that sacrificial for you? No. But if you're only making... $15,000 a year and you give $1,000, and I'm not saying we gave $1,000 because we didn't, but if you only give, a th- or and you give $1,000 towards something, you're sacrificially giving. So it's not about the dollar amount. It's about sacrificial. What is sacrificial then? And so then God actually gave me a sermon before the last sermon of the salt, and it's great because it's, it's like the exact same sermon. So, but because God gave it to me before he preached, I know that it was uh, a sermon that I was supposed to speak here and not just me repeating words that he had shared. And so we are called as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, Christ explicitly tells us that to be followers of him, we are going to have to live live a sacrificial life. He plays it out in examples and in, in parables and in testimonies written within Scripture over and over again, in the ways in which we are called to live sacrificially. So what does sacrificial look like then? What does sacrificial look like for us as believers in Jesus Christ here in Shadron, Nebraska? What does that look like for us? Well, I can tell you one of the number one ways in which we are able to be sacrificial is with our money. We live in a country in which we are the most privileged country in the entire world. If you make minimum wage in America, you make more than 80% of the world. So if you even make minimum wage, you're still in the top 20%. So if you're saying, oh, I'll wait for a rich person to give this money, you are the rich person. You live in America. You make minimum wage. You're rich according to the world's standards. And so God is calling us as the richest, the top 20%. He is calling us to give sacrificially with our money. But he's not just asking us, even the poor people. There's specific parables within Scripture. We're not going to get into it tonight because I don't want to keep you here till midnight. But there's, there are specific examples where even the poor people, not even even the poor people, especially the poor people, are to give over financially, sacrificially. But it's not just about money. It's about our time. I know you guys are already thinking it's getting late. That's fine. We are to give our time sacrificially to God. This is a sacrifice for some of you guys. Being here is a sacrifice for some of you guys with your time. You're giving it back over to God. It's it's about your time. Give your time over. Give 30 minutes a day. 30 minutes a day is still less than 10% of your day. Actually, 2.4 hours would be 10% of your day. Give your time over to God in our humility. 
we are to give and be sacrificial in our humility. What does that mean? What does that look like? Be humble. Talk to people. Go out on a limb. Share the gospel. Be willing to put yourself out there in a place in which it would possibly take away from your status or your image or your place in society or your job or your whatever, name it. You're to put yourself out there in a way to to share God and to share about Jesus so that it is a sacrifice. If you lose your job for Christ, you're having a sacrificial mindset. If you lose your status or you lose your popularity or you lose your whatever you covet for Christ, that's living sacrificially. Man, when I became a Christian, I was popular when I was in college here. I was runner-up, homecoming king, whatever, you name it. I lost a ton of friends when I gave my life to Christ, and I began to put myself out there, and I invited them weekly to come to Chi Alpha, if not weekly, daily to come to Chi Alpha and a small group. All of my non-Christian friends, every single one of them, I invited regularly to come to stuff. I mean, over the top, like, annoying invited them. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm not that kind of person. I wasn't that kind of person either. And, yeah, I lost those friends for a season. But after time, eventually those friends came back to me because when their life fell apart, they knew that I was the person that they could talk to to help them to get their life back. And then I got to share the gospel with them when they were broken and they were ready to receive God. And like Jordan said, you don't know when somebody's already broken. I was popular. I was already broken. When somebody invited me, I came back. I came, and then I came back. You don't know where people are at. We are supposed to live in our humility sacrificially. And in our obedience, we're supposed to live sacrificially. What does that mean? What what does living sacrificially in obedience mean? It means when God asks you to do something, you do it. It doesn't matter if it makes you uncomfortable. It doesn't matter if it makes you uh, feel awkward. It doesn't matter if it goes against your um, set standards of life, like I don't do this kind of thing. If God asks you to do it, do it. Live your life in obedience, sacrificially to Christ. But when you break it down, you can say, well, I give money, so that's good enough. Yeah, I give my time, so that's good enough. I give my humility, so that's good enough. I give my obedience to Christ, so that's good enough. But it's not about one single individual thing. It's not just about the money. It's not just about the time. It's not just about the humility. It's not just about the obedience. It is about all of it. Christ is living, asking us to live at a standard that is higher than the standard of the world. And just doing one thing in order to get by to get into heaven, yeah, that's fine. You might still get into heaven. But were you living your life outwardly the way that you believed about God inwardly? Like when you take what you know about God and you, you see about God and the way you feel about God, are you presenting it on the outside the way you feel on the inside? And if you are not doing all of these, then the answer is no. If even one of these single things lacks, if even one single solitary thing lacks a little bit, then the answer is no. You're not displaying outwardly the way you know and feel about God inwardly. It's about all of it in And in order to live our life in accordance to the faith that we believe and we have received salvation in, we have to have all of these things line up in our lives. And it's not a rule system. It's not a system that I'm saying, if you don't do this, you don't get to go to heaven. If you don't do this, you don't get this. It's not a rule system. That's the thing about Jesus Christ. He doesn't set forward a rule system. 
I'm merely telling you that if we're going to believe what we really believe, we need to act like it. We need to act like it outwardly. Because if you believe what you really believe, you have no choice than to act like it outwardly. Because if you believe what you really believe is, is truly real, you have no choice. Because that means there's lives. I'm going to look out here and see how many people I can see. I can see, I can see four people right here. That means there's four people right here within viewing distance that are not going to get to go to heaven with us. I don't know for sure if they're Christian or not. I'm just assuming because the vast majority of people on this campus are not Christian. So it's actually safe to assume. It is safe to assume that if they're not in this room that they're not Christian. And so I look out there and I see four people. That means these four people are going to go to hell if we in this room don't share the gospel with them. I am now putting those four people on your shoulders. It is your responsibility. It's my responsibility. It's Courtney's responsibility. There was a missionary from Africa one time, and I don't even remember his name. Um, I don't even remember how I know this story, but it's just I feel 100% that I need to share it. There was a missionary to an impoverished nation in Africa. I can't remember where it was. He was in the United States. It might even just be off a movie, but it was, it's just a phenomenal story. But it makes so much sense to me. And he was asking why miracles occur in other countries that don't occur in America. When we talk about healings, we talk about miracles, we talk about these amazing, huge things. Is that why do these miracles happen over there, but they don't happen in America? And the missionary said, because when Christians in America leave church, they assume that every person they meet on the outside of the building is already a Christian. In every other country, Christians, when they leave church, they assume that every person they meet outside of that church is not a Christian, and they treat them accordingly. Your job now, and I'm, I'm putting this upon you, and it's on me, and it's on Courtney. When you leave this place, you are to assume that not a single other Christian is out there. If you find out otherwise, awesome. If you find out they believe in Jesus, cool. If you find out they're already a part of another ministry, by all means, encourage them to keep going to that other ministry because we are not about sniping other Christians from other ministries. But if they're not active in a church, then they need to be. But even saying that, if they claim to be Christian, but they don't act like it, how can you know that they're Christian anyway? And so then beyond that, your job is to assume that every person you meet needs to hear about Jesus Christ. Jesus doesn't challenge us to say, find out who's Christian first, and then the ones that aren't share about Jesus. He doesn't say that. What are the two, two greatest commands? Can somebody tell me? What are the two greatest commands? Just yell it out. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with your, all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. What is the best way to love your neighbor? I would say the best way to love your neighbor is to bring them into accordance with the two greatest commands. To love the Lord their God with all their heart, 
Father, Son, Lord, and Mind, and to love their neighbor as yourself. And it's not about one single thing. It's about a lifestyle of Christianity. We are the Christians on this campus. From now on, I'm going to talk and I'm going to behave. Like if you're not in this room for Chi Alpha, if you're not in a small group, if you're not whatever, if you're not being reached by Chi Alpha, I'm going to have the mindset and I'm going to assume that you're not a Christian. Not because that means that there's no Christians out there, but it means that I'm never going to lose an opportunity to share Jesus with somebody, whether they're Christian or not. And so I think the point of my whole sermon and the whole reason God wanted me to repeat this to you guys is even though you guys heard this sermon already, those of you guys that went to Salt. And I know the reason why God gave me the sermon before, the, before Jason preached the sermon that was almost identical to it was simply confirmation that that sermon needed to be preached here. And because I, because I got it before he spoke, I knew that's what needed to happen. And so I'm challenging guys. I'm challenging you guys to live sacrificially. If even for, I'm going to just say, instead of talking about for a year at a time, uh, for the rest of your life, I'm not even going to talk about that. I'm going to just ask you to do it for a week. For a week, live sacrificially for Jesus Christ. And let's see what comes out of it. For one week, dedicate at least a half hour to prayer and to reading the Bible. For a week, actually give a tithe to either Chi Alpha or to C3, or to somebody who's in need. For a week, go out there and share the gospel. Pray with people. Talk about Jesus with them. Invite them to small group. Invite them to Chi Alpha. For a week, live in obedience to what God has commanded you to. Let's not even focus on a week. Let's just focus on tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm just going to ask you for one day. Do it and see how much it changes your day. And then once you've done it for one day, do it for another day. Once you've done it for another day, do it for another day. Let's let our lives reflect the Jesus that's in our hearts. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for what you've done in our hearts and the changes that have occurred in our lives over the past few weeks, over the past few months. And for these guys that went to salt, that went that, that, the change that occurred while they were at salt. Lord, I pray my biggest prayer over, over salt, my biggest prayer over this semester is that the fire that we were ignited with and these students were ignited with at salt wouldn't just be squashed out because the school comes up and because things get tough and because money problems occur and because there are hardships, there are tangible hardships that will come against us. My prayer is that the fire wouldn't be snuffed out because of that. My prayer is that, that miracles would begin occurring and we could begin to see these miracles happen and these miracles would just be confirmation of the things that you're doing in our lives. These miracles would just be confirmation of the things and the lifestyle that we're living. When scripture says that where your followers go, there will be miracles. God, I pray for biblical proportion of miracles. And so with that, I pray that we could have biblical proportion of faith. That we could have biblical proportion of obedience.
Lord, I just pray for an outpouring of your spirit upon these people in, in this room. God, I pray for your spirit to pour out upon them, to be the vessel in which you use to share the gospel with others, to be the vessels that you, sh- you use to pray for healing for people, and that miracles of healing will occur when they begin to step out in that. The lives will be changed when they begin to step out in faith. Lord, I pray that you would use them and that they would be obedient to what you're asking them to do. Lord, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I know I have a tendency of being kind of like overbearing with my sermons. And not overbearing, but my, my, my tone and my, my voice can come across as harsh sometimes. And so I just want to make it 100% known tonight that I'm not accusing anybody of not doing enough. I'm not accusing anybody of, of being uh, not enough Christian or not whatever. I, I, there's no accusation in my voice, and there's no accusation in my, my heart. My heart truly is to see you guys grow into the men and women that God has created you to be. And so when I say these things, and maybe they're convicting, and maybe they're hard-hitting, and maybe... Maybe you feel a little guilty about what I'm saying because you haven't necessarily done what I'm saying you need to do. It's not in, in judgment. It's not in saying you're less than a Christian or whatever because you haven't done these things. No, it's merely because I want to see you guys step up. I want to see you guys step into the life that God has for you. And because Scripture talks the way it talks about what heaven's going to be like. I know that while you're on earth, you need to live like heaven matters. You need to live like heaven matters more than this earth. And the way that heaven matters is reaching the lost and sharing the gospel. And so I want to see us, I want to see Chi Alpha be the vessel that God uses to absolutely wreck people's lives in a great way. And the only way we can do that is if every single one of us begins to step out and be the men and women that God created us to be.